Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field and your business as an act of worship. Excited as usual to be here with another one of our guests today. Um, this is someone who has been in ministry, has also run, is running multiple businesses, and has been through some life transitions and some dark days. And I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today, author, speaker, business owner, mom, you name it. And we're really excited to have her and her perspective here with us. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today. You are welcome. Thank you for having me, Katie. I'm really excited to have you because I know a little bit of your story in terms of having been in full-time ministry, now being in full-time business, the transitions that happened there. You've also raised children. You've got some that are already out on their own now, and you're running businesses. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and where you are serving today. Yeah. So like you said, I was uh, in ministry with my husband for uh, a lot of years, so six years as a pastoral couple. And then we left that ministry and moved back home to be closer to folk, our parents and stuff. And so um, now I run a, believe it or not, a residential construction company with my husband. We've been doing that for seven years and have about a team of 35 or so. Now these days, I'm, I'm not so much out in the day-to-day. I'm doing more leadership there in that space. Uh, but really, it is just investing in those people in our team and just helping them to grow and, and also helping my husband kind of run that business. I'm also like to write as well. So I'm also a writer and kind of been helping some authors and stuff with their own work and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, as far as mom, we have four daughters who our youngest just went to her second year of college. So we're, we're kind of in that empty nest stage. So it's, it's more like an open nest. It's like they leave and then they come back and then they leave and then they come back and bring friends. And, and in our case, two of them brought back boys home. So <laughs> two of them are married now. So we're just in a whole nother time of life, which is exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Tell us about the book that you wrote, because I think that's going to be key in our discussion here today. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of years ago, I guess it, uh, it launched in 2021. I wrote a book called Daring to Fight, When Grit, Grace, and Faith Take Depression Head-On. And really, it's my story of going through clinical depression. Uh, kind of at the end of our ministry years, I just really descended into really a, just a very difficult place. It took me a lot a lot of time to figure out what was going on because, you know, I have always been a leader and ministry leader and all of that. And so to recognize that and just to really be in that season was really hard. And so the book was more birthed out of after the battle, after I kind of come through that season really wanting to just share my story, but do it in a way to help others that were in the middle of that battle. And so actually I wrote it, I started writing it as a Bible study. It turned into a book. <laughs> so it's kind of a book Bible study type of thing where really groups can go through it and find support together, but wanting to just encourage others like myself that they're not alone, that it is something that we can face and go through uh, really, but from a position of God leading us through that um, and from a foundation of his word. I love that. God leading us through. I often say, you know, God walked us through the things uh-huh. that we've gone through in our life because we also had a transition from full-time ministry into full-time business plus ministry, right? And to look back and see that, you know, God didn't take me through it. He walked with me through it. And I think that's super key. One of the things that you bring up 
in your teaching is this idea of of seeking God daily as a huge key to be able to survive and thrive through some of those darker days. Talk to us a little bit about what that means in terms of daily routines. I mean, you just said you're running two businesses, you've got grown kids coming and going and 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 there with family. What are your tips and your suggestions to us in terms of keeping God in that daily rhythm of our life? I think the number one thing I always remember for myself is that meeting with God in the morning is a non-negotiable for me. It's something that goes on my schedule and in my time. And I don't negotiate that time. Sometimes that means I'm getting up pretty early because I have other meetings that are standing in the workday and stuff. But it means less sleep a little bit. It might mean rearranging some things in the morning. But after my battle with depression, and in particular during that time, I was very angry with God. I had a lot of questions for God. You know, sometimes we want to make it sound like, oh, you just kind of move through and it'll all be okay. Well, when you're in the midst of it, it is not okay. You know, and sometimes you feel as if God is present and yet he is. And, and I know that from my experience of walking through that. And so when, as I came out the other side of that dark time, I realized that the number one relationship that was always present in my life, even if everybody else failed me, including my husband or whoever, my children, that God was the constant. And I'd rather go through it with him than without him. And so for me, it's become a non-negotiable. And I can tell you, I can tell the difference if for some reason I do miss that time on occasion, something will happen, an emergency or whatever, that I have to be out of the house super early. And I miss that. But it's that non-negotiable of this is such a vital relationship that I must invest here because we're going to have hard days as business owners, as leaders. And the place we need to run to first is first and foremost to, to the Father's heart. And so when that relationship is already built and you're in union with the Lord, then you know, that's where I want to be able to seek my wisdom from my leadership and my, and leading our people. So it's, it's, it's really that non-negotiable. Yeah. And, and I love how you talk about it as a relationship too, because, you know, growing up in conservative Christian circles, devotions are your non-negotiable. It was Mm -hmm. never, it was never talked of in terms of relationship. It was always a to-do and you were good if you did, and you weren't good if you didn't. And it was almost as if it was another thing to check off. And I think I, you know, growing up with that mentality, it was good for me in the moment to create the habit, but I didn't create a relationship because I wasn't looking at it as a relationship. What's been the key for you in seeing it as a relationship investment versus a to-do? Is it a difference in how you are thinking about that time? Is it a difference in the things you do during that time? Yeah. So I think it's working on the mindset that it's not something to just check off. Uh, finding something that works for me. So I don't necessarily always use a devotional book or whatever. So I found kind of a rhythm that works for me and how I connect best with the Lord. But honestly, it's not just, it's not just meeting him that morning. It is this consistent, the Bible talks about being consistently in prayer with the Lord. And so it, you know, we have any other kind of close relationship, what we're making phone calls, we're sending text messages, we're doing all the things, right? So why don't we do that with the Lord? Why is it that throughout the day, you know, if I can pause and just say, Lord, I just need your wisdom here, you know, and so relationship is about, is about connecting continually and expecting an answer. It's not typical. Like, I wish I could get text messages from the Lord just to tell me what to do. It is that sense. It is that, that it is that moment of going, okay, I feel this in my spirit and I feel like I know what the Lord is saying. And so it's based on a willingness to connect in that, in that way. And not just like you said, checking the box. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And that idea of the the verse that talks about prayer being instant in season, that continual idea of just like I would walk into the next room and say, hey, hubby, 
you know, mm-hmm. and talk to my husband, it, it's being able to, to just talk to the Lord in that instant and to be able to have that attitude or that initial reactive response that the Lord is the first one we talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes that time can start feeling a little dry, right? And so a lot of times that's when we abandon it because, well, it's not working anymore. What's well, not about working? <laughs> it's about relationship. It's kind of like when my husband and I get into seasons where we're so busy that we're just not connecting really well. Well, then we have to be really intentional about maybe taking a weekend together or just pausing and going, okay, we're not talking about work and kids. And like, we're going to talk about us and really just resetting a little bit. I think the same thing is true with our relationship with Christ is if that's starting to feel a little dry, okay, maybe we need to take a little time to pull away from the world and get some solitude. Uh, for me, that's hiking in the mountains and, and going out on a trail or whatever. I, I never felt more close to the Lord than in creation and by the stream or whatever. Some people, it's it's whatever it is for you where you feel closest to the Lord. And 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 so don't lean away from it, but lean into it, even in the dry times. Yeah, I love that. And you also talked about the importance of other relationships in terms of being able to to survive and thrive during dark times. Talk to us a little bit about the community aspect and the other relationships. Yeah, so community it is very vital and important. Of course, when you're battling depression or really just really struggling in a season, it's the body uh, wants to pull away, wants to get safe, and so a lot of times you're you're not as willing to connect. And those are the times that we need to connect. And it's looking for people who are also strong in their faith, but also that can what I call holding space for you. I think I first heard that from Brene Brown, but it's holding space for you that if you're just having a hard day that they can, you know, give you feedback or just sit with you or whatever. And they're not easy people to find. I can tell you that. And so again, it's leaning into relationship to the Lord and saying, Lord, would you provide that? Would you open my eyes to see if there's someone around me that I'm missing that maybe could be that confidant or that friend? And looking for that group, I think it is important to connect in those ways, especially, you know, life is hard, business is hard, good and bad. And so going through the community is better. We're like, they say, we're not meant to be an island unto ourselves, right? (laughs) Yeah. And when you work that into a daily routine, like what does that look like? Yeah, I think very similar to the time of the Lord, it has to be intentional. I mean, it's too easy to just keep running. There's always that next client, that next bit of revenue to get in the door, that next project we can do or whatever. But I think pausing and letting our souls be refreshed by connecting to, um, to a friend. And so for me, sometimes that's like just calling and say, hey, can we have coffee? We only have 30 minutes each, but let's meet and let's just have coffee. If you have online relationships, it's just making time to, you know, call with one another. And so, you know, one of the best ways I know to do that is just get on each other's calendars to say, hey, every Friday, once a month, we're going to do this, right? Whatever. And just connect with people. And But it's it's also, it's another intentional thing. Relationships are always intentional. They They very rarely just happen unless you work in the same office or whatever, and you see them every single day, but they all take work. So yeah, they do. And it doesn't just happen. Like you do have to be intentional with taking the time to um, Mm -hmm. both reach out and ask sometimes Mm -hmm. too, you know, like I tell my coaching clients, I'm a really good coach. I'm a terrible mind reader. Right. So (laughs) you have to tell me if you need something because I can't read your mind. Right. And I I think we get into these comfort zones sometimes with the people around us where we expect them to sense or feel or know what is going on in our heads and our hearts. And we forget that they're not mind readers. Like at some point, we need to be willing enough to be vulnerable with those God's placed around us to say, look, I'm really struggling with this or Mm -hmm. I need help or 
um, can you give me some suggestions or can you give me some extra prayer? And I'm really grateful for the communities that we have within our, our client groups to be able to do that for one another, because I think the current economic situation that we're in right now is just mm-hmm. one of those outside stressors. I think the closer we get to the Lord coming back, the mm-hmm. more of these kinds of times we're going to have, where it's going to be super important to be able to be supported by those of a like faith and of a like mm-hmm. values so that yeah. we can go out and be strong in the realms that God has placed us. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think coming to those relationships put on agenda. When you're a business owner, a leader, or entrepreneur, it's so easy to always stay in those modes and forget, hey, I'm just human. I just, you know, friendship is important. And to be able to come with no agenda and just say, this is just me, right? And and allowing them to speak into your life. You know, don't surround yourself with just yes people. Find people that will tell you no and push you back in a healthy way because we all need that. We don't build our resilient muscles <laughs> without having a little pushback from the right people um, and allow them to do that, knowing that their heart for you is to get, help you be stronger and better. Yeah. I've heard so many people say before, you know, like, oh, I, I don't have support at home, so I can't go get coaching or I can't join a program or something like that. And I, mm-hmm. I always feel like, you know, those are the people who need it the most because mm-hmm. they don't have the support at home. Right. And yeah. so we want to encourage you to find this community. Right. Part of the whole focus of this people day and recession proofing your people in your community, like it starts with you and you having a community that you can be plugged into, whether that's a program you invest in or a a coaching group that you invest in, like you need that community. And if you don't have that support at home or from your family or or those close to you, like you need it even more to be Uh able to be strengthened and built up in these harder times to be able to do what you were created to do in the world. And I love that. One of these points that you're making here is, is to find those people and surround yourself mm-hmm. with those who are willing to, to travel with you, not just be yes people. I think that's yeah. huge. Right, right. Well, and not having to wait for permission. So often I think we, we wait for permission from the people we think have to give us permission. And it's not that we disregard them or disregard their opinion or whatever, but a lot of times it is those close family friends and, and members that they know you so well. They see all your flaws and stuff. But if you're waiting for permission, you might be waiting a long time. And so, you know, if I waited for permission to start this company, I would still be doing what I was doing before, which was not giving me life anymore. I also had another business before that as a, as a bookkeeper, that's a whole nother life. But anyway, <laughs> but it was, I was worn out from that and was looking for a new opportunity. Uh, now, God had showed me what it is today. When I started, I would have said, thank you, I have no, I, I can't do that. There's no ability to do that. And so, uh, you know, I had to start with more of the breadcrumb of that, but it was also giving myself permission to just get started and not wait for everybody else to join that group, to to join the mastermind, to whatever, and just trust. Again, this is where that relationship with Christ comes in so important. Meeting with him every morning. If I'm seeking anybody's permission, if I'm seeking anybody's okay, it is the Lord. And if there is that sense that, okay, this feels right, I've, I've gone to and gotten some counsel or whatever, then step out and take a, take a leap of faith there and just follow the breadcrumb. You have no idea where it might lead you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I always said, there's nobody you have to please, but the Lord, right? Obviously in a marriage situation, you do have a partner to consider, Um, but, but oftentimes as the Lord is leading us as individuals, it is more of an issue of asking for support rather than permission. Right. It's, it's me being confident enough to say, I really feel like God is leading me to do X. Can I know that I have your support with that? Or will you support me as I step out and do this? You know, I just heard 
the definition of the word entrepreneur from the book yeah. Created to Create, I think is the title. Mm-hmm. And it the definition that they gave for entrepreneur is someone who creates something out of nothing with a risk for the benefit of other people. Mm-hmm. So as we're all stepping out, I think we all have a desire to benefit other people. That's why we started mm-hmm. a business, right? Yes, we need yeah. money too. That's a legitimate. Yeah. Um, but it's it's out of this desire to create something, to do something mm-hmm. for somebody else. And along with that is something we can't avoid that is the risk. And that relationship with the father, with the owner of the business, and me right. putting myself in position as CEO under him as the head of this business uh-huh. allows me to be able to consider the risk from a different perspective and right. to look at what God is leading and providing for versus the risk in, in different areas. Because I think we want to give them our gifts and our talents that the Lord has given to us. And and that does take risk. And like you said, you know, giving ourselves permission and, you know, working with our spouse in giving giving ourselves permission, it doesn't mean that we're not honoring other people either. So I don't want people to mishear me to say, well, you're just going to blaze a trail and forget everybody else. It's not like that. It's, it is just going, okay, I'm going to take a step of faith. We can still honor people in our lives, our spouses, our friends, those that are close to us in that decision even, and still be able to take the step, you know, to take the risk. And if we're waiting for a risk-free option, (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but it doesn't really exist. (laughs) There's always that gap. There's always that leap, just the dip that happens, right? You got to get across to the other side and you just won't know until you go. I know in our business, every time we've made a huge jump or a huge advancement, it's been through the input of other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so going back to that, being willing to take a risk, being willing to follow God's leadership, but also through the impact and the input of mm-hmm. other people that the Lord has put around us, it's always been instrumental in those growth periods. And I'm mm-hmm. so thankful. And that. I think as we seek wisdom, because we can take risk with wisdom, you know, it's not just this blazing jump off a cliff type of thing, but it's taking risk with wisdom. So for instance, when I started Bear Creek, the business, I, the bricks and mortar business I own, I ran that business. I started it myself. I'm the 100% owner of that. Was running that for six months and realized that my husband needed to make a shift from the company he was working for. Well, you know, knowing that his paycheck was going to be important <laughs> and that we'd be able to provide for our family, we stepped back and we said, okay, this, we feel like this shift is coming. Things were a little unstable in the company he was working for. And so we stepped back and said, okay, that's a big risk for us, but let's use some wisdom. So we started stashing cash. We figured out how much we would need for that leap. Uh, It came a little sooner than we were wanting to, but we were ready. We were about three months into saving when we realized he needed to make a a change. And so we were able to do that and actually didn't miss a hiccup with our, with our income coming in and still provided all of our girls were still at home, you know, so it felt scary. It felt risky, but we had put some plans in place. The Lord gives us a brain for a reason, you know, to use wisdom. And we were able to make that leap. And looking back, I realized that the Lord provided work exactly when we needed it, in the week that we needed it. And we didn't even skip a beat. He came right into the company and that very next week was working on a project that brought in some revenue. And so we don't always know how God is going to provide, but I just, he does. I have had that happen to us over and over and over again. And every time we're in a situation, I'm like all worried and concerned. And I'm like, why do I forget that God always provides in some way? So, Yeah. <laughs> We've had some similar stories and it is true. God provides for what he calls us to. First Thessalonians 5.24, faithful yeah. is he that calls you who also will do it. And mm-hmm. one way or another, he has been mm-hmm. faithful every single time there was a need mm-hmm. to be able to provide that for us. So well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.